Welcome to the Turner Road Bible Chapel podcast, encouraging and equipping Christians to grow in their walk with Christ. Uh, we grow by the, the the word of God that is preached, and so it's not an exact quotation, but that's the, I, the idea that we grow through the word of God, and that's where, that's our aim. Um, our aim isn't to have a great amount of knowledge. Our aim is to grow by hearing the Word of God preached. This is the Turner Road Bible Chapel Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Davies. After a long break, we are resuming our series with David Dunlop called No Little Places. In part four of our series with David, we are talking about his upcoming book, No Little Places, Pour Your Life Into Serving God in a Small Church. In today's podcast, we will take a practical look at the teaching in an assembly and spend some time thinking about where leadership should focus when they have limited resources. Welcome everyone to the Turner Road Bible Chapel podcast. We are continuing our conversation with David Dunlop. We're basically walking through a conversation on a few questions uh, from an upcoming book that he's working on called No Little Places, Pour Your Life into Serving God in a Small Church. Uh, we talked a great deal in the last couple podcasts about this, and we're going to get into some specifics now. But David, again, thank you for joining us today. We're happy to have you. It's good to be here. I'm going to be a part of this again today. Great. So one of the things that we want to go over this morning is this idea of planning for messages in a small church. Um, it's a it's a big burden to fill the pulpit every Sunday. We were talking last time about the balance of how many speakers we should be bringing in, um, how much we should have speakers within the assembly. Um, oftentimes, planning for the year speaking and I'm guilty of this, can become sitting down with a list of men, whether in or out of the church, and deciding how many times they'll speak and who we can bring in to fill the calendar. But we, I think we all know deep down planning needs to be more meaningful than that. How can assemblies be more intentional in providing a, what you call in your book a balanced spiritual diet? Well, I think we should think about the preaching. We should be very careful we should be thoughtful. And I, I think I think back as a younger person, the people who came in and spoke and, and just the people who spoke from our own assembly, I think it in some cases it wasn't it wasn't thought through and it wasn't helpful to some was, some wasn't. And so I I I think today we think a little bit more about that. There's a place to say no to someone in your own assembly. It's a little hard, but someone who wants to speak, there's a place to say no. Uh, I, you know, I don't think it's a there's a place to to give opportunity to everyone, uh, but there's a time to say no. I don't think that you know that's where your gift is, and that's where your ability is, and that's where your area of service is. So I think there's some of that. I think what we look at look at a number of different things when we have someone speak in or outside the assembly. Number one is, do they have a knowledge of scripture? I think we're careful that someone doesn't talk in cliches and talk in 
and, and in such a way that is really not getting to the heart of whatever passage or topic that we either give them or they bring. A lot of typology, a lot of, you know, speaking uh, in that fashion that just that just loses people and certain terminology that they bring from 30, 40 years ago. There are people that are good in their knowledge, but their communication because of their uh, the words they use, the terms they use, the cliches they use, the form of how they're speaking is not connecting with people. So a couple of things which I look for is a knowledge of the Bible. Uh, are they communicators? Can they communicate? Be honest, are people who have knowledge of the Bible but cannot communicate? They're just not good at that. Um, they ramble. They're just not good at it. And I have people come to us and say, he can't speak. Sorry, we should do, do not invite him again. <laughs> yeah, uh, that happens. Well, that uh, just goes to, you know, we're not invite, we're not getting people to speak to uh, help them polish their. That's well, right. To help them exercise their want to talk. That's right. right? It's it's for that's the people right. we're, there. We're trying, to, we're trying to. The goal is to see believers being be taught and to grow. We want to see them. Uh, you know, it says that we are. We we uh, uh, grow. Um, I think it's Hebrews chapter five where it says that we uh, we grow by the, the the word of God that is preached. And so it's not an exact quotation, but that's the, I, the idea that we grow through the word of God, and that's our that's our aim. Um, our aim isn't to have a great amount of knowledge. Our aim is to grow by hearing the word of God preached. So. I think you know scripture, you're a communicator, you apply scripture. Uh, people come and apply it. Uh, C.H. McIntosh has a, a great article. And the article is something, I think it's called something like um, 10,000 words. And, and what he talks about is this. There are people that come who speak who are coming and they don't have no knowledge of the audience. They don't have any, they're, they're not thinking of the audience. They're thinking about the content. I come prepared, and it's like block out the audience. I don't think about what their need is. I don't think of anything but my content, and they give their content. It could be in a dark room. It wouldn't matter. They give their content, and then they pray, and they leave. That's one person, and he would argue that that's the wrong kind of way to do it. Then there's another person who doesn't care about the content that much, but he thinks about just the people how emotionally he can move the people. He uses every technique to move the people emotionally. He wants you to see them cry or weep or laugh or something. He'll use stories, and the content is weak. And he's saying, can't we bring that together? Can't we bring that together? Have good content, but also be aware of your audience. And I think some are are like that. Some that come are all about their content. They studied it, and they're going to give their content and others are a little bit about thinking about the person. And uh, I think there's there's the need to come together. And I think that's where you apply it. I think you should think about illustrating it. Do people illustrate the, what they're, they're speaking about? And I, I think, too, every message should have some doctrine in it. And I think we should aim when a person speaks, and I tell our speakers and I tell our own, own folks, when you speak, aim for the person who was saved, newly saved for five years. Not for one year, that they're very, very basic. They're growing. They've been saved for five years. Not the older saint, not the youngest saint, 
but the growing Christian five years and hungry to learn. That's what you aim for. The, the level you're speaking at, um, the content you give and so forth, that's what you're aiming for. And if you've got their attention and they seem to say, uh, Mr. Smith, that was a good message. I appreciated that. You've, you've, you've done the right thing. And um, so I think as far as the speaker is concerned, I, I think those are some things I look for in the speaker. I, I, I also, in our assembly, I usually, when I get outside speakers, not universally, I get younger men. Okay. Probably 90-10. Not that we never get older men, but 90-10, we get younger men. When I say younger and not 16 years old, I, I mean 30 to 40 years old. They seem to be able to have a little more freshness. They seem to, they seem to communicate better. They seem to, um, uh, I, I think they appreciate the opportunities. They don't get as many. And I think that they, they do a better job in, in these areas that we're talking about. That's what I try to do when I invite outside speakers. I think they apply better. I think they engage better. I think they're thinking of the audience and I think their content is, is fairly good. So that, that's a little bit about the speaker. Then as far as the, 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 the whole council of God, as far as the content, we try to be expository. I think that's good. I think it's good to go on Sunday mornings. We try to be expository and we go through larger portions of scripture, like the gospels. You know, we might take a whole year or maybe even more than that, just a little bit more than a year, uh, 15 verses a morning and go through expositorily, break it up. Even our outside speakers, we offer it to them to speak on that time, you know, whatever the passages that we're going through. And sometimes they decline, and that's fine. Uh, missionary comes, sometimes they decline. They just want to do something else. But for the most part, <clears throat> 90%, it's expository preaching on uh, a large portion of Scripture, um, you know, 20 chapters or more. On Wednesday nights, we do some expository teaching, too, but the shorter books of the Bible. We do... Um, we have a short amount of time on Wednesday night, 30 minutes instead of 40 or 45. So we do First uh, John, Second John, Third John, First Peter, Jude, uh, those kind of books, James, uh, and and other books too, and topical. Uh, we do, um, you know, the person of Christ, the deity of Christ, uh, prophecy, angels. Uh, some mornings, sometimes we do something, uh, some expository. Or, or uh, topical kind of uh, teaching as well. But on, on Wednesdays, we, we take up topics, and uh, five times a year we do a missions night, teach on missions and, and pray about uh, specific missionaries. Uh, I think it's good to have, especially Wednesdays, we don't have a Sunday night meeting, but um, on Wednesdays we'll do some apologetics. Sometimes in the morning we'll do that. Um, We'll do the authority of Scripture, uh, why we, can, we should believe the Bible is true. Um, sometimes on a Wednesday night, we'll do cults. We'll do Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons or something about some of the doctrines of the cults. Do some topics, uh, dispensationalism, worship, the Lord's Supper, the Holy Spirit, and so forth. So there's a variety, and I think it's good to think about that. And... Um, Sometimes believers will, will talk together and will say, you know, we need, here, here's a, here's a, 
an issue I've been thinking about, and we need some teaching on that issue. Yeah. Uh, and so we do that, and we think about it. And uh, as elders, we come together and think about some things we need to uh, speak about. And then conferences. We have many conferences where a person will speak maybe even twice in the morning, and it'll do um, 10, 15, 11, 15, Lord's Supper before that. And uh, so we do a little mini kind of conference on a topic. We just had someone come and do three messages, one Saturday, two on Sunday. Those kind of things. Uh, we have a conference every year. We'll take up a topic as well. So I think that gives you, a, 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 a you know, as we think of those things, a, a balanced diet. And not a hit or miss kind of thing where the speaker comes and we don't know what he's going to speak about. And uh, we, we get outside speaker and outside speaker and we don't know what they're speaking about and inside speakers, whatever. However, the Lord leads you and you wind up having maybe in some cases a good message, but in other cases, you don't know what they're talking about. And you're not ministering to uh, to the believers, to the needs of the believers that you you know that you have in your audience. So those th- those are, I think, some ways to think about uh, how to have a full, a, a good spiritual diet of teaching. Yeah, that's that's good. I know we've been we've been talking a lot about this, and kind of one of the ways we've been trying to think of it at Turner Road is if somebody came here and stayed for five years, um, what are the things that we would say we'd want them to have learned in that five years? Hopefully, they stay longer than that. But you know what yeah, I'm saying. Right. Yeah. I think bringing up the point of uh, being five five years or younger as a Christian is, is great. And then I, I think the other point that you bring out well is the fact that it is a diet. People have to be go be able to go home and eat something, right? I think it's uh, Haddon Robinson that said a, a sermon with application is like a soggy bowl of cereal with no <laughs> snap, crackle, or pop. So <laughs> those things. I think are important because especially Sunday mornings, those are the people you want to impact, right? You know, if you're going to get more on a Sunday morning that maybe you have some people who are on the fence of following the Lord, you want to, you want to get them going home with something that they can uh, chew. The other thing about a small assembly, uh, and we're going to kind of jump from topic to topic here, but leading is is hard. I think especially when you know people so well, it can be a cha- challenge. I think probably if you were to ask leaders anywhere, they would just say leading's hard. That's just the way uh, leadership is, and every church size probably has its different challenges. But if you're in a small place where there's limited resources, what would you say for a, a leadership group would be the key things that they should be focusing on? I think the key things uh, should be the teaching, the teaching in the local church, that you're overseeing that. I think uh, the leadership, the elders, should have a teaching ministry. Uh, they should, through their teaching ministry, develop spiritual authority that when you go and visit a believer, they, they recognize you as a leader and um, they respond to what you're you're going to say. If you never minister the word of God, you aren't teaching it, you aren't leading it, you're not um, active in the preaching, uh, I, I think you lack that spiritual authority. If you're always inviting an outside speaker, uh, you lack that. So as a leader, as an elder. So I, I think you should have a, the, each elder should have a teaching ministry to some degree. One may have more 
what every elder should preach a number of times a year, and some might teach more than that. So I think teaching is very important. Uh, you feed the flock, Peter says, to do that. Um, Paul says that to the Ephesian elders, feed the flock of God that is among you. Feeding is an extremely important thing that eldership should do, and eldership should, should, should lead in doing, inviting other people and so forth. So that's one area. Another area is, uh, is the shepherding area, is um, the meeting with believers and shepherding them and spending time with them. And uh, now you're, you're, you've got limited resources. You've, you've spoken about that. You've asked that question. So how do you do that? Um, one of the things is I think you invest in growing Christians. You spend time in, in, in those that are growing. Um, at the same time, you watch those who suck the energy and time out of you with frivolous and uh, non-productive um, questions or, 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 or that kind of thing. You, 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 you have to meet with them uh, many times, but you have to limit that. Uh, spend time where it's productive. You have a limited amount of time. Uh, spend time where it's productive. Spend it with new Christians, new believers, growing Christians. And um, uh, in, a past, in a past generation, you might go to their house. Um, I usually invite them to my house or we go to a restaurant. Now, the reason for that is this. Uh, with your limited time, it's easy to say, okay, it's been great together, pick up and leave. It's much harder in their home, it seems like you're at the door and you're chatting and you just can't ever get out of the house. It's much easier saying, you know, it's been great together. Uh, we had a cup of coffee and it's just easy at a restaurant just to pick up and leave. That's a, that's what we do. We don't spend a lot of time in a restaurant, uh, or a small coffee shop, you know, kind of dragging it on. We get there, we talk a little bit, we pick up and we leave. We can say, let's meet for an hour. And you can do that in your limited time. It seems like in their home or your home, it drags out and drags out. There's this comfort casual level. And so I would recommend meeting in restaurants. They do that more and more. And we do also have people for Sunday. We have whole families for a meal on Sunday. Meals are great, and it's good to do that. So shepherding, visiting, uh, with the goal of saying this, when you get together, are we as a as a, a church, a body believer, are we helping you grow spiritually? Every year, get around to every believer and say, uh, do you think you're growing further this year than you were last year? Uh, and then, depending on their answer, uh, is there things we can do? Is there things, anything you think we should do uh, to help you do that more? Uh, so I think that's an area that I think we, we need to do. And I think there are people that are unnoticed and try to have an eye for those people and try to meet with them if possible. But I think shepherding teaching are the two key things that are important. And, and I think with limited resources, the personal touch is very, very important. And I think to get around to people, talk to them as much as possible. Um, take one night a week or one night every two weeks or whatever your, your time would allow and meet somebody. Uh, meet them for a meal, meet them for coffee and just for an hour uh, talk with them. After after a Sunday meeting, make sure you take a family out to a restaurant, and you don't have to take it back to your house, take them out to a restaurant, you know, have a talk together, fellowship a little bit, get to know them. Uh, so teaching and fellowship, or t- teaching and just uh, being with them, uh, shepherding them, 
And I think when you get together, you don't have to have an agenda. Some people say, well, okay, I'm going to get together. I'm going to have this agenda. You know, we're going to talk about these five things. I got a piece of paper or something. But I think it's good just to get together and say, how are you doing? And let, let that conversation go wherever it goes. Now, if it doesn't go anywhere and, you know, you can have a question or two, you know, that you have in the back of your mind. But you'd be surprised sometimes when you get together, it goes to a very profitable area that you hadn't thought about. And, and they bring up something, you know, about this or about that. And I uh, say, yeah, that's good. That's good. And uh, so you talk about that. And by the end, you say, yeah, it's good that they brought up those questions. That that was that, that was very helpful. I think it was helpful to them. It was helpful for us. Um, so I would say those are kind of some of the things as in a small place. The most important thing we can do is the teaching. Uh, they won't come back. They won't stay long if you don't have good teaching. I think, too, to work on the Sunday school and, and kind of kids' ministries, that's very important for, for those that come with families, got to have kids' ministries. So you work on that, that that's well-run, well-organized, um, that, that kind of thing. But the shepherding and the teaching are really key things. When you're in touch with the believers and when you uh, are teaching, the Word of God is taught, there's profitable messages. I just sat down with two single ladies. They're two single sisters. And I said to him, I said, is the teaching, what do you think about the teaching here? Are you being fed? Are you growing? I said, yes, yes, it's been good. It's good to do that. Ask, give, give me the opportunity to say, how, what do you think? I might even say, well, you know, so-and-so's not very good. You have him a lot, and he's, he's not, you know, you, you could be expect that. That may happen, and, and, and that has happened. And I listen to that, and I say, yeah, I think you're right about that. And they may tell me, you know, I enjoy this person, that person, this topic, that topic. So I think... Personal touch, the teaching, the shepherding, and and then uh, those are things that are the most important things. Thanks for listening to the TRBC Podcast. Turner Row Bible Chapel is located in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. You can find us online at trbc.ca. We hope that this has helped encourage and equip you in your walk with Christ.